The third one was kindness. That is the difference between pranks and things going too far. Remember we looked at that Proverbs 26 verse 18. What a powerful verse there. Number four was to abstain from loaning money. And I know that was ugly and that was painful. <laughs> but as you all know, I gave you three verses of Scripture that said why believers ought not be giving other believers or loaning other believers money. It was just straight biblical. And number uh, five was generosity. And that was friends don't turn away when a friend needs help. That, that generosity, going that extra mile. And so we looked at those things. And I, I have four more that we're going to bring out. Again, I can have 30 points on how to be a better friend. And you could probably search the scripture and come up with 20 more. Easy. But I'm going to give you four more today. And they're very simple. But it comes from God's word on how you can be a better friend to others. Not how other people can be a better friend to you, but how you, we're trying to keep this personal, how you can be a better friend to others. Number six, we're going to find this. Turn with me, please, back to Proverbs. You, you were here last Sunday. You know, we kind of lived in Proverbs. and Let's look at chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 24. We're going to look at verse 9. But before I before I read verse twenty nine, we'll give you point number six, which is forgiveness. And forgiveness seems like such a simple thing. For forgiveness should be so easy, but yet, Pastor, I find it hard sometimes to truly forgive. I listened to Brother Sammy Allen for so many years. One of the greatest men of God that I'd ever have known that in my lifetime to walk this planet. What an amazing man. Spirit field. Never seen anything like it. Uh, Leah is with us today because of Brother Sammy Allen. And I'll tell that story another day. She may or may not have heard that. But I'm telling you, Brother Sammy Allen, spirit field man, and he said this every time when he spoke on forgiveness. He said, a lot of times people will tell you that they will forgive you and they bury the hatchet, but they forget to bury the handle. How many times has a husband and wife had an argument and, and they had an argument in, let's say, the year 2000, and they forgave each other, but in 2021, one of them pulled it back up. Mm -hmm. You know what that means? They didn't truly forgive them. It means they buried the hatchet, but they didn't bury the handle. Make sure you bury the handle. Amen. If you want true forgiveness, you not only better bury the hatchet, but you better hand, bury the handle with it so you can't ever bring it up again. Aren't you glad that God forgives in a way where He never brings up our past again? Yes, what a blessing to know. True forgiveness comes from Christ. And we know that we are supposed to be like Christ. Forgiveness, point number six. Let's look at this scripture in Proverbs 24, verse 29 says, Say not, you might want to understand that, uh, underline that. Say not, I will do so to him as he hath done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. Say not, I will do so to him as he hath done to me. How easy is it? Well, he did it to me, by golly. You just wait. Mm -hmm. It's coming back to him. There's going to come a day. How many times have we said that? Friends, may I make note of this, friends do not seek revenge. Mm, what about that? You want to be a better friend? Don't seek revenge. Hey. God's Word has something to say about this. Say not that I will do unto Him what He has done unto me. Hey, this stuff is so simple. I agree with you 100%, so why don't we practice That's it? That's good. 
I'm going to tell you, it takes action. It takes an effort to not bring about revenge. It does for me. I've got a temper. I'm human. And I want to get somebody back. What do you do when somebody blows the horn at you? The preacher blows a horn all the time at people. He said something about it. Boy, one day. It's so tempting to blow the horn back at them and stay on it for a little while. We're talking about how to be a better friend. We're looking at forgiveness. God's Word said, if you want to be a better friend, I want to remind you, this is the second greatest commandment to be a friend. Second greatest commandment. It's going to come with forgiveness, not revenge. Don't do unto them as they have done unto you. I'm going to tell you something. I told y'all last Sunday, I was getting just as down honest with y'all. I'm telling y'all how bad I am, how, how, you know, how weak I am. I, man, it is my nature. I want to get back at somebody. Sure. And if you say you don't, then you're either one of the best Christians I know or you're a liar. And I'm not lying this morning. I like to get people back. Say not, I will do so to him as he had done to me. Let's look at another verse. Uh, Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs 20 and in verse 22, again, we see those two words that I ask you to possibly underscore. Say not. Say not is commanding. He is telling you. This is not a suggestion. This is not, you know, an afterthought. He said, I am demanding of you. Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. We need to forgive people. While we're on this, I'm going to take a minute. Let's go to the New Testament and look in the Gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, chapter 17. And in Luke chapter 17, God's Word gives us this. Luke 17 and verse 4, And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Now I'm going to tell you something. If you did me wrong at 8 o'clock this morning, and you turned around and did it again at 10 o'clock this morning, and you turn around and do it again at noontime today, you see where I'm going, and you hit me up with again at 2 o'clock, and at 4 o'clock, and at 6 o'clock, all in the same day. I'm going to go and forewarn you. I'm coming. Okay? But God's Word, and I know I'm being kind of silly, but God said, if someone offends you, hurts you, lashes out at you, not one, two, three, but seven times in a day, then what are we to do? We are to forgive Him seven times That's right. Amen. in that day. Look with me in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 18, and all of you know where I'm going with this. So we see the seven times, you know, that's just kind of enough, right? You know, what's the, what is that old saying? You know, shame on you one time and you burn me. It's, you know, shame on me the same time. Whatever, I don't, I don't even say that, but I've heard it before. But in Matthew chapter 18 and in verse 21, then came Peter to him, that is the Lord, said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Because that's what you said, seven mm-hmm. times. Does that mean on number eight I can... You know, get back. 
And Jesus said unto him, not Moses, not David, not Joshua, not Abraham, but Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven Okay, so here you tell me 491, I can get it. No. If you can't do it after seven times, and you can't and you can't go into revenge after 490 times, then you can't at 491 either. What are you saying is you always forgive. Amen. And there's no greater picture of that than, than when Christ died for our sins That's on the cross. He didn't die for seven of our sins. He didn't die for 490 of our sins, but He died for all of Amen. our sins. Yes, sir. How many of you failed Him last week? Mm. I know I did. Yes, sir. I sure am glad He's forgiven me. My soul. I sure am glad He didn't stop at 490 because if He had, then, then, then I'd have been bound for hell when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I might have been bound for hell just a week after being alive. Maybe a day after being alive. I sure am glad that He always forgives. Amen. How to be a better friend. We need to learn how to forgive people. That's right. I have found this hard in my life. At times. My daddy taught and preached some very good messages on forgiveness. My, my father... And a lot of you may or may not know this, but my, and some of this came from my daddy because I, I listened to him speak on it. We had many, many conversations and, and I know my dad helped a lot of people with forgiveness. If there was ever a man that walked the face of this earth Come on now. that learned how to forgive, mm. my dad learned how to forgive. Yeah. And a lot of y'all don't even know that. But my dad gave up. I mean, he, he, I mean, he, I'm telling you, he portrayed forgiveness like no other person I've ever known because he truly forgave. Amen. He forgave in a way that, Miss Jean, I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't quite get it. My daddy got it. He showed me how to forgive. Hey. You want to be a better friend, you better learn how to forgive somebody. While we're, I told you I was going to be admitted on this point. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You say, David, you sure are telling a lot of scripture here, man. There's a lot going on. You better believe it. God's word has a lot to say about being a better friend and forgiveness. I mean, I could stay here for an hour. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 15. See that. You remember that saying, say not? Here it is. See that none. In other words, that means you see to it by God. I don't care what. No matter what it takes, you see to it, if you will. That none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves. Look at this. Among yourselves, what are we? Ourselves? We're friends. Mm-hmm. We're friends here. And to everyone else. Yeah, that's right. Not just us, but to the world. To the co-workers and to the people at school that you don't know and the people you run into on the street and and, 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 and hey, I know we're talking about simple things here, but God's Word has a lot to say about this simple thing because we as Christians are not being the friends that we need to be. That's good, brother. I know I'm not. This Amen. has been one of the most convicting lessons that I have ever studied. Amen. That's good. Crazy and a convicting subject. Forgive not only friends, as God's Word tells us, but everyone. And that's hard for me sometimes. I've got to learn to forgive. 
And when I say forgive, as in Brother Samuel said, that means to handle too. Mm-hmm. That means you can't dig it back up. It's gone. Can you really forgive like that? God's Word says we should. Second, I'm going to say it several times. It's the second most important thing that God said that the Christian believer should do. Aside from loving God, you should be kind. You should be courteous. Generous. Forgiveness. Being a better friend. Number seven. We're going back to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16. We'll find point number two. Number six was forgiveness. Number seven is Lee. I could make up. I could come up with the right word. I'm, I'm going to go with edify. You can. I almost called you last night when I was. I I, I, I wish I could see. I scratch. I keep having words and I kept scratching them out. But last night I was like, I, I got to get settled on this thing. I almost called you. I'm going with edify because God's word has some things to say about it. It can be edify or to contribute. But we're, we're going to go with edify. I thought about effect. Look at Proverbs chapter 16, verse 29. A violent man enticeth his neighbor and leadeth him into the way that is not good. What do I mean when I say edify here? We need to bring out the best in people. Amen. Okay? Not the worst in people. Right. You know, uh, I can go up to this dear brother and I don't know you that well. I'm getting to know you, but I don't know. I don't know where you go. I don't know where you live. I don't know how you act. I don't know what your temperament is. I, I don't know these things, but I'm going to tell you something. I can come up to you in just a minute when this, this little Sunday school class is over, and I'd be willing to bet that I could come up and just tongue lash you and hit you in the gut just as hard as I could. I probably would find out the worst thing about you. Mm. But God's word here says that we don't need to try to bring out the worst in people. We need to try to bring out the best oh, in people. That's good. I've got a lot of men working for me and a lot of times when I hire these guys you know, and, and I'm not going to get in my business but we, we do a lot of different things. We, we've got four different entities inside this business and I don't know when I hire a guy if he can do this or this or this or this or something out yonder or all kinds of things. I don't know. So when they get there, Lee, it's part of my responsibility after they've been there three or four months, I'm kind of moving them around. And what I'm doing is finding out what I think they are best at. And where they best serve my company. If this guy can really beat time on this, but he's not so good at that. Well, guess where he's going to land? He's going to land over there where he can make me the most money. Because mm-hmm. I want to bring out the best in him. I have sent people to school and somebody is really good at something. I said, well, you know what? Let's, let's send you off for some training here. Let, let's make you better. We need to do this when we're trying to be friends to people. We need to do this as Christians. We need to bring out the best in people and not the worst in people. Amen. You want to bring out the worst in them? Tell them that their hair looks stupid. Yeah. You want to bring out the worst in somebody? Tell them they look bad. 
Be degrading to them when they walk in the back door. Yeah. We're going to go to a verse of scripture in a minute on that. We need to edify. Bring out the best in people. Let's look at what God's word has to say. Let's go back to Galatians. We're going to the New Testament. We're going to be there for a minute. So let's go back to Galatians chapter 5. I know we were just over here in Galatians. And I think I've written down the wrong. I wrote down verse 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for occasion to the flesh, but by love to serve one another. Verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love, bringing out the best in each other, serving one another. Turn with me please to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and this was the verse I was going to refer to a minute ago and I held myself, but Hebrews chapter 10 and in verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, bringing out the good works in people, okay? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I was talking to a man in a business the other day. I was standing in his place of business and he told me that he didn't go to church. He said, my church is, I go on a five mile walk every morning and I pray to Jesus the whole five miles I'm walking. And that's my church. He said, I have church seven days a week. Oh, okay, well good. But my Bible tells me in Hebrews 11 verse 25, for Satan not assembling together of yourselves as the manner of some is. Mm-hmm. But we miss the next line so often. Yeah, exactly. It said, don't forsake the house of God. In other words, he's saying, go to the house of God. And then he says, exhort one another. We forget to do that. That's right. Amen. I've been guilty. Me too. Of exhorting my friends. This is serious. It's so serious that Jesus, without being asked, is the second most important thing in the church. It's the second most important thing in a believer's life is to befriend people. And we're talking about edifying right here. We are to exhort one another, not beat each other down. We get tore down all week long out here in this world. We don't need to tear each other down when we get here. God's Word said, go to church and exhort one another. Edify each other. You look good. Man, did you have a good week? I hope you have a good week next week. Man, you look fresh today. Hallelujah. Boy, you sang good. Your family's beautiful. Edify one another. God's Word has more to say. Let's look at Romans chapter 15. I know I'm looking at a lot of Scripture, but it's because God's Word has so much to say about this. I don't want you to take my Word. I'm I'm telling you, I'm giving you the Bible this morning. In Romans chapter 15, look at 
uh, verse number two, and, and Leah, here comes my word. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. That is to edify. Look at verse five. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. I got to give you another one. First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter five. And in verse eleven, wherefore comfort yourselves together and edify one another. Mm. We need to edify each other. Mm-hmm. We need to make each other feel good. Hey. I'm serious. I'm giving you Bible as one. You know, we've heard that old saying. I bet we've all said it. I know I have. Man, with friends like these, who needs enemies? Absolutely. Who needs enemies? It's kind of a shame. That's right. It's really a shame. But yet it's so truthful. You know I'm telling you the truth. God just gave you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven verses of Scripture on edifying each other and exhorting each other and lifting each other up. We don't need to tear each other down. We need to learn to edify each other. So today we're talking about forgiveness, number six, and then to edify, number seven. My, my. I'm going to tell y'all a quick story. I wouldn't do this, but I'm going to. Friday. I have a guy, I have a young man that works for me. And this young man, boy, he needs prayer. And he has very little self-esteem. He struggles with, I don't know what I saw. Thursday, I'm, 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 I know I'm venturing off here, but I think this might help you. Thursday, because this guy's up and down, okay? He has good days, he has bad days. And the days he's good, he's just, you know, he's great. And, and someday he comes in and he's in that, you know, I don't know if it's bipolar or depression. I don't know, I don't understand all that. But So Thursday comes in, and, and I'm not going to go into it. There was a, a little phrase and a little expression that happened. And it was the funniest thing in the world. I'm telling you, the whole shop laughed about it. He laughed about it. Man, I mean, we just, this thing just, it, it, it was fun. <clears throat> Friday, one of the guys had this same expression and they put it on some of his literature while he was going to lunch. And when he came back from lunch, he saw it. Now, I want to remind you, at 4 o'clock, 18, 19 hours before this, it was the funniest thing in the world in this guy. 18 hours later, it wasn't so funny. It was so funny that we just about had a fight break out. So I had to set this guy down. And we talked about it. And he was hurt. And he was in a bad way that day. 30 minutes later, he and I are on our knees in my office, and we're both crying. This guy needs the Lord. 
He's, he's, he's just about at that breaking point. Hmm. And he said, boss, I'm sorry. He said, I just... I'm going to tell you what he said. I'm going to tell you his name. This, this stays here. He said, boss, I hit the bottle when I went home last night. He said, I'm just... I'm in a bad way. I said, I understand. You know what he needed? Friday. He needed somebody to identify. Because mm-hmm. he told me, Pastor, that he was not worth being alive. Mm. He said, I'd give anything if you would shoot and kill me right now because I don't deserve to. And so I took a few minutes and I tried to tell him what his worth was to me. And then I told him what his worth was to God. Amen. We need to be careful about tearing people down. That's right. I think as Christians, we need to do some lifting. We need to lift some people up. Number eight. We said forgiveness. We said to edify. Number eight is truth. You gotta be careful with this. You gotta be careful with this, but God's word has something to say about telling people the truth. Mm-hmm. Now I want to say before I even read a verse of scripture that you can tell somebody the truth and you can hurt them if you don't do it in the right way. That's right. Okay? So don't get all crazy with this because the truth, yes, it does hurt sometimes. But we need to do it in the right spirit. Okay? Going back to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 27. God's Word has a lot to say about this. And i got to hurry. Proverbs chapter 27 and in verse 17. Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the, counsel of the countenance of his friend. Sometimes, saying your iron's got to hit the iron. And that's a mess. That's painful. When you're sharpening iron, it takes heat. Okay? I'm talking about serious heat. And then it takes pounding and beating on that thing. And that's that's painful, if you will, to that iron. And God's Word has something to say about telling your friend the truth. But you need to make sure you do it in the right way. That's right. Let's look at also here in Proverbs 27 and look at verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Mm. When you tell your friend the truth, sometimes there is a wound, but God says that you're being found faithful when you do such. That's right. Let's look at verse 9 here in Proverbs 27. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. Sometimes sitting down with a friend and telling them the cold, hard truth, God's Word refers to that as sweetness. Yeah. But you got to do these things in the right spirit. Amen. Remember, we just come off of that point of talking about bringing the best out of people and not the worst. You don't bring the worst out of somebody tell them how poor of a job they're doing. Right. Yeah, you can you you can really start upsetting somebody. You better do it in the right spirit. I want to tell you another story. 
I've mentioned this in this class before, and this was so many years ago, and I'm not going to bring up names, but I had a young man that worked for me. Uh, he was, I'm going to say, maybe uh, a junior in college. He'd been working for me from high school all the way up to that point. So he and I had gotten very close. He's been a phenomenal, just phenomenal employee. I'd grown so close to him. And, uh, but I, I began to see him deteriorate. And uh, I knew what was going on. I, I could tell there was addiction involved, and he had a problem. And so one day I brought him in the office, and I sat him down. And I said, son, I, I know you got me. Oh, I don't have it. We talked about 20, 30 minutes, you know, and finally... After, you know, dude, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. It, you, you've got a problem, and I know it. And the boy broke down and began to sob like a child. And I remember hearing statements like, and I'm giving him the gospel at this point, and uh, I, I heard a statement that, and I, I'm telling you, he was just as broken as he could be, wet like a little baby. And he said, he said, David, he said, I have done things in my life he said, there's no way that God would save me. He said, there's just no way that God would save me. And this he will. Amen. It turned into this. I'm going to get off the story, but I think it goes with this so well. I said, okay, well, this is what we need to do. He said, they need to do whatever you need to do, but, but don't you call and tell my daddy. My daddy's going to kill me. Don't you call and tell my daddy. Don't you call and tell my daddy. I said, son, we got to start with calling your daddy. There ain't going to be no healing brought about till we start with daddy and be truthful with daddy. I called daddy. Daddy comes up there. He goes off, gets help, gives his life to Christ. He was saved. He comes back. He's amazing. Oh, God's, oh, Lord, God's blessings are all over his life. What a blessing to see him, Kenny, just flourishing today. He's married. He has children. has a good job. He's in church. He's anointed. I'm telling you, just what a blessing. Amen. I saw his daddy. Last week before last in Albany, I haven't I haven't seen this man, this guy's daddy. I, I haven't seen him. I, I'm gonna say seven years. You know, I I had a couple of people with me, and we walked in this restaurant, and when we went in there, there he sits and he gets up from his table. Lord, you ever watch me cry again? And he walked up and I called him by name. I said, Lord, I haven't seen you in years. I said, you ain't aged at that. I said, you look so good. And he said this, and I, I'm not edifying myself. I, I'm giving you a story to go with this. He said, I know it's been a long time since I've seen you. He said, but last Tuesday night I was in a meeting with parents that had children that had went that way of addiction. And he said, I stood and I told those people. He said, I have two favorite people in this world. Hmm. He said, one of them is David Dent. I said, why in the world would you say that? He said, because you showed my son compassion. Amen. And he said, you helped save my son's life. Hmm. It took the truth that day. It would have been very easy for me to say, 
Get your hind end off my premises. I don't ever want to see you here again, you low-life addict. You stink. You're sorry. You've lost everything. You're a piece of junk. Get out of here. I don't want to see you here ever again. I was that frustrated with him, Samantha. I could have done that. I was sick of it. But if you go to someone in the right spirit with truth, yeah. God just might use it to save someone's life. You see, our church in this world needs some friends. Amen. They don't need anybody to be with them. To That's them. right. Sorry. Amen. Most of them know how sorry. They need somebody to help them get hey. out. We're talking about the truth in this world. I got to give you the last one. I'm out of time. I had some more I want to say. Now tell the truth in a loving way, calmly, honestly, respectfully. Number nine is unselfishness. We find it in Proverbs chapter 17. I want to look at two verses of Scripture and I'll get out of here. Proverbs 17, verse 17. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. And we talk about that blood and that water. Some people say that blood's thicker than water. Well, God's Word's a little bit contrary to that. God's Word tells you that a family member will, will strike you down and cause adversity and, and all these other things. But a friend can love at all times. Now, I think we all love our family. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying, this thing about friends is important. God has mm-hmm. a lot to say about it. Right. So now let's flip over to the New Testament. I'll give you one more verse. Well, I might. I might give you another And uh, go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. My Bible let me get there. Philippians chapter 2 and in verse 4. Look not on every look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. On the things of others. We're talking about unselfishness. No, look on others, not just yourself. You ever, you ever get in a conversation with somebody and all they talk about is what they do? Or what they've done, or what they have—I can't stand that. I—I've got—I have a family. It drives me crazy. I can't get on the phone or run into them. But it's not about, I've done this. I've done that. I got this. I bought that. I'm going over here. I'm saying, what about me? My family's doing good. I know you weren't worried about it, but we're good. <laughs> All about them. Holy cow! Are you kidding me? I'm just every time I see them. And as a result of that selfishness. So help me God, it has made me think, Lord, I hope I'm not that selfish. At least ask me how I'm doing. Yeah. You know, a bit tell me all about your great life. Unselfishness. I'm telling you, we've got to be careful. If you don't have a friend this morning, we've been doing a lot of talk the last two Sundays. We spent an hour and a half between two Sundays talking about how you can be a better friend. But there are a lot of people in this world that are looking for friends. That's right. We need to be friends to them. But on the flip side of that, if you don't have a friend, then maybe you can take today's lesson and last week's lesson to teach you how you can be a friend. Because mm-hmm. you know what God's Word says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24? It said that if a, friend's going to have, if a man's going to have friends, he must show himself friendly. I've given you nine steps on how to be friendly. Nine steps on how to be a friend. We go back to our text. Matthew chapter 22. And in verse 39, Jesus said, without being asked, He 
said the second most important thing in a believer's life is to treat others as you would want to be treated. Amen. We need to be better friends. Like yeah, sure. As believers in Christ, as mamas and daddies, as spouses, as grandparents, we need to be better friends. I bet you I've given you 40, 50 verses of Scripture in the last two Sundays sure. that deals with this simple subject of how to be a better friend. Don't make light of it. Amen. Jesus said it was the second most important commandment. Amen. Do you realize that that puts it over murder? Mm. Do you realize that that second commandment is higher, if you will, than stealing? All and on and on. Yeah. That's pretty big. Yes, sir. I'd say it's worth speaking on. Mm. I'd say it's worth talking about a little bit. Yeah. I know it's worth talking about in my life because I need to be a better friend. Amen. I need to be better. Too. I, I know I, I struggle here. I know I do. And so this has been very convicting to me. I hope that God's Word speaks to you. Let us pray. Father, thank you for another day of life. Thank you for your Word. And